There's something really curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. Well, it's January, so that means it's the first one of the year and the first TGP Nominal of the year. Apologies for it being a bit later than normal, but you know what it's like in January. Getting people together is not the easiest thing to do. I've managed to get hold of Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy and he should be on the upper fader. How are you doing, sir? Good, good. It was probably entirely my fault because I was working over Christmas, so I had Christmas after Christmas, which then pushed everything else back. (laughs) So that would be my fault again. So first thing I need to say is Happy New Year, sir. And you? Had a good one? It's been quiet, but it's it's good. It's, it just means to be able to relax and just do our thing, which was which is good for us. Yeah, not have to worry about travelling to families or doing all that stuff, making everyone happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you which you never out. do. <laughs> no, no, no. There's always one. <laughs> no, mine was much the same. It's kind of me and the wife. We did go around to the neighbours and just chilled. It was nice. It's chilled. A few drinks, nice food usual Christmas stuff it's good yeah really enjoyed it so what has been happening for UK astronomy has it been a bit quiet or well I made sure that we didn't really have any events during December no one really wants to do it anyway because they're all out aren't they they've got Christmas parties to go to and friends to visit and things like that yeah so I made sure not really to book anything in and said right we're fully booked to the new year now if you want any in the new year let me know which we are we're booked up really well so that's really cool so yeah, no, it was a really nice chilled out. I did try and do some stargazing myself, but clouds and rain and all sorts of stuff like that got in the way. But hopefully this month, get out again. Awesome. So we're going to have a, a short break, and when we come back, Ross is going to tell us what's going on in January. Space, the final frontier. Final because it wants to kill us. Sometimes we forget that. Start taking it all for granted. The suits, the ships, the little bubbles of safety as they protect us from the void. But the void is always waiting. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. So Ross, January. January. Now it's a slightly shorter one this time because obviously we're kind of almost a half, well, a quarter of the way through, aren't we? Because because <laughs> I took my time enjoying myself. There's been one big thing that people have been talking about in our Facebook group, and I've actually gone out and seen now. Is uh, there's a star called Betelgeuse? Some of you might have heard of it. They actually, I think the real term is Betelgeuse, but I like Betelgeuse. Reminds me of my childhood in a film. And the main thing they've been talking about is the fact that this huge, massive, giant red star, which is in uh, Orion, 
So above the Orion's belt, left hand shoulder is usually a big bright red star there. It's actually not so bright anymore. So I went out the other day and had a look and it actually has dimmed considerably. Like you can see it by eye, it is no longer that bright star. The reason people are getting excited is because it's a massive star, a red giant, and they've been predicting that it could explode at any time into a supernova. I always joke about it, it could be, you know, any time from now to a million years. But they think the dimming of it may be it contracting or going into a pre-supernova state. So perhaps to then go supernova at any time, it may happen, <laughs> which would be really cool, but it is actually a variable star. So it has dimmed before. And I think, I can't remember the exact date, but it was something, I think it was in the 70s or something like that, that it had dimmed, but it hasn't been this dim for years and years for a long time from what I've read so it's actually one of the dimmest it's been in years which even if it doesn't explode to go out and see that you know visibly this humongous star out in space has kind of contracted and got dimmer as it's kind of pulsing maybe in its last sort of like heartbeats fantastic really cool they say if it does blow up which I really hope it does because it will be amazing it'll be you know for for me to be alive at this precise time when that happens and it's the nearest supernova that we've seen i think the nearest one we had was in the 1600s the chinese uh, astronomers recorded a guest star which is a supernova which is now the crab nebula which you can see so that what's left of the star if this one goes it's going to be so bright that they reckon you'll be able to see it during the day possibly even as bright as the moon itself and what a sight to see to see that in the sky almost terrifying to think of it <laughs> is it likely to affect anything else around it uh not that i've heard of i don't know if it's got anything i mean we don't know if it's got any planets around it or anything not, not that i've read i haven't looked into it that much because it's only really been like the last couple of days that people have been actually in the group saying it but i need to look it up but it won't do anything to us apart from looking bright it won't actually reach us but if there are other planets around it or stars near it which i'm not sure there are you never know. It may, you know, the shockwave that comes out of that will affect the stuff around it. And as we know, when stars blow up and do that, they create heavier elements, they throw it out into space and create more planets and stars and things. So we might be seeing the birth of another planet in billions of years' time, or bits of it might go somewhere else. So from what I know, I don't think it's going to affect much. It's just going to look cool. <laughs> and then we can watch it over time see maybe you know I don't, I've never seen one so I don't know I've only seen the aftermath of ones in the sky from years ago whether we're actually going to then be able to see it, it kind of become a nebula they call it a planetary nebula don't they like the crab nebula it all spreading out slowly over time so in 10, 20, 30 years you may see it spreading out it might look like dumbbell nebula I don't know I think that's more gas being thrown away from a star as opposed to exploding but yeah it's just you can tell I'm excited already even if it doesn't go, <laughs> it's still exciting. So that's kind of the main thing at the moment. If you go out there and look at it, because it then may brighten again and suddenly become really bright, we don't know. So fingers crossed, something to, you know, just pop out and see. So it's Orion's Belt, top left, Beetlejuice. Really easy name to remember. So to me, that's probably the most exciting thing that's going on this month. The rest of it is the usual stuff. I say the usual stuff, but they are planets and comets and all these things that are cool. So the month ahead, lots of people have been asking us what's this really bright thing in the afternoon sky at the moment when the sun just sets really really bright venus beautiful to look at horrible on the inside rains acid is really hot don't want to go there but it's going to get higher and higher and higher as the month goes on and it's going to become even more prominent and it's going to look really really cool especially in the winter skies it's just, it's just stunning 
Now there was a uh, meteor shower. It's uh, quadranted. I'm going to say it like that. It's probably quadranted or something. It peaked on the third to the fourth, but it does carry on into sort of mid-month. So it's best in the early morning. It's an early morning one, unfortunately. It did boast around about 120 per hour at its peak. So it is one of the top meteor showers, but the problem it's not as you know prominent as the Geminids or the Perseids because one, it's cold, <laughs> being January. Two, it's, it's straight after the new year when everyone's sort of hung over and can't be bothered. And also its peak and its radiant doesn't really come to its best until about 4 a.m. to about 6 a.m. in the morning. So not a lot of people want to go out in the winter between 4 and 6 and <laughs> look for meteors. Bit chilly. It is, yeah. Yeah, only mad men like us do it, eh? Or me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, best seen early morning. It's kind of, it radiates from around where the plough is, just below it. It's there, it's kind of like in a gap between the plough, Boots and Hercules. So it's right there. And there are still ones going on. My cousins, funnily enough, asked me yesterday while I was at work on a night shift, they saw like a streak go in the sky and they said it was slower than a shooting star. They know what satellites are like or the ISS because they've seen it before and it was green. So I was like, well, they saw a larger chunk or a fireball burning mm-hmm. across the sky. I said, I was like, did it leave a trail? They're like, yeah, yeah, it did. I was like, well, you just saw a bigger lump go and the green that they saw is usually they're made of iron nickel yeah. those bits of rock so it's the nickel burning up in the atmosphere or ironising or whatever it does doesn't actually burn does it <laughs> from what I've read so yeah so they actually saw a fireball last night so it might have been one of those ones it might have just been a random bit of rock so go out and have a look you never know if you're mad enough to get up four or six in the morning good luck to you <laughs> So the next thing that's coming up, or may have passed, depending, hopefully this will get out before then, is the uh, the full moon is going to pass through the weak outer part of Earth's shadow. So there's like a very small sort of like an eclipse going on, a lunar eclipse. It's not going to be massively visual from what I've seen. So just looking with your eyes, they're saying you should be able to record it with a camera. So if you've got cameras, get out and take pictures of the moon. It's going to start around about five o'clock. So it's nice and early and it's dark. So people can go out and have a look at it. Its peak is going to be at about 7. And then the moon slowly drifts out of Earth's shadow around about 9. I've seen it myself visually other times. I think they might have been a little bit more in depth. So they might have been covered a bit more by the shadow. But you kind of see, I think it's got like the top or the top left of the moon seems to go darker compared to the rest of it, depending on how much goes through our own shadow. But if you pop out and have a look, nice and early, go out there, have a look at the moon, you might see it start dimming, and then just think that's like the shadow of the planet that we are on. That's us casting a shadow onto the moon. Still cool. So that's something else that we've got to look forward to. Uh, if we move on to the 12th, we've got a full moon. Well, it's a fullish moon, should I say. It's not far from the open cluster called the Beehive Cluster, around about 12.20, so you may be able to get a nice picture of the moon. And then the cluster, even though the moon might be washing it out, you guys with cameras and all that stuff, your astrophotography, you're good at that, so you might be able to get that. If not, it will show you where the Beehive Cluster is, and it's a lovely cluster of all sorts of different colour stars. They're all like reds, blues, oranges, whites, all kind of like different ages, different sizes. So get a pair of binoculars and have a look at that. It's pretty much in the middle of Cancer the Crab, so where the X of it is. Comic-Cons and gaming. 
Moving on to the 16th, the moon is now heading off into the morning sky. So you'll see it in the morning, it'll look really cool. I like it in the morning as it rises, it just looks like something out of Star Wars for me. That's no moon, it's a space station. Uh, it's a great opportunity now to start going out and looking for things like the Beehive Cluster, the Orion Nebula, possibly the Ring Nebula and other deep sky objects like galaxies that are dotted around the sky. Or just, you know, look at other stars and things because it won't be washed out. Look at Beetlejuice, see how much is actually dimmed without the moon in the way. Moving on the 18th, Mars is up in the morning and it's going to meet its rival, which is actually a star called Antares or Antares. It actually shines red as well, which is often mistaken for the red planet. I think we spoke about this before. They quite often get them mistaken, but really cool to see. You'll then see almost like it looked like two Marses up in the sky in the morning. So you've got a nice red star and the actual planet. On the 20th, Mars and Antares are still kind of there. They're moving apart a bit, I think, from what I remember. And on this morning, you'll also have a nice waning crescent moon there. So you have the crescent moon, Mars and Antares all there together in the morning. So really, you know, really nice thing to have a look at. Next day, 21st, the moon is now completely out of the way. So an even better time to go out and look for those deep space objects. I'm hoping to get out. I've been trying so much. I tried in September. No, November, cloudy. Tried again December, I tried to get out, but obviously there's lots of family do's and things going on and being at work. Still didn't get out when there was no moon. I'm dying to go to this dark sky site that I've got and look at some of these deep space objects. So hopefully I'll get out this month. I'm gonna make sure I do. I don't care if I'm working, I'm going. I'm gonna go sick. Oh, I've just said that on uh, a podcast, haven't I? <laughs> so I'll be in trouble. So yeah, deep space object time. Go out and have a look. 23rd in the morning. Again, thin crescent moon. It's not going to be far from the king of the planets, Jupiter. It is very low in the southeast dawn, around about 7.40 in the morning, but you may get a glimpse of the two together. The 25th, if you've got a really good eye, this is always a bit of a challenge. There is a slim chance of seeing a very thin 1% crescent moon which is a real sliver. I have seen a real sliver before, and it is actually really quite cool to see, but it is hard to find. And it's gonna be just below Mercury in the Southwest, immediately after sunset. So at sunset on the 25th, see if you can spot the moon, and a little white dot will be uh, Mercury. On the 26th, there's a comet in the sky at the moment. It's called Comet T2 Pan-Stars C 2017. Catchy name. It'll be passing the double cluster in Perseus. So this is quite a good time. It's quite a prominent feature that you can find easily, Perseus, and have a little hunt around there with some binoculars or telescopes, see if you can find it. Apparently a great opportunity for a photograph or astrophotography because the double cluster in Perseus is lovely. It's a really nice cluster there. It's literally in between Perseus and Cassiopeia, right in between there. You can see it by eye if you've got a decent sky. The comet is meant to be brightening, as the month goes on, they don't think that it's actually going to be bright enough to be a naked eye object, but you never know with these things. It could suddenly brighten up as it goes towards the sun and things like that or gets a glint off of it. It seems its peak will be around May, so May will be the best time as it kind of moves up, curving past the double cluster and moving sort of up and to the left. So as I said, in between Perseus and Cassiopeia, a pair of binoculars, have a look around that area. You may see a little sort of green fuzz and that'll be the comet. The 27th, and this is the nearly the last thing, this evening, the solar system's dimmest planet, seen from Earth, lies close to its brightest. 
So you're going to have Neptune not that far from Venus. So you're going to have the stunning Venus there. Neptune you won't be able to see by eye. You'll probably need at least binoculars maybe. They say you can see it with binoculars, but it's going to be in the afternoon sky, so there's probably still a bit of sunlight. Don't look at the sun. So that'd be quite cool if you can see both of them, or even if they're within range of maybe a camera, you might be able to get them both in there. I'm not a camera expert, but it'd be really cool to see if you do. And last but not least, on the 28th, you may be able to see a thin crescent moon by the planet Venus. So if you find Venus, it's really easy to find. <laughs> it's really bright in the sky as the sun sets. Uh, it's actually going to be in the daylight sky, so it's quite hard to find. But later in the evening, the pair are moving apart towards the evening sky. So if you find a crescent moon during the day, see if you can find Venus there as well. So they'll both be together. I have a little challenge for you. And yeah, I said there's not really a lot, but there is actually quite a bit going on in the sky for January. So that's it for me. Awesome. Now, what about UK Astronomy? Have you got any events coming up? Uh, yeah, I've got a, I'm have got teaching a family uh, literally next week. Just going out of a family and a couple of astronomers who want to learn. So it's just like a casual thing. They've said they'll donate a little bit of money, bless them. Just go and teach their kids and that. So just going to go to a farm that they know, go out into the field, hopefully. We had to cancel it. It was meant to be in November, but it was cloudy and raining. So we've moved it along. So hopefully this will be a good time. If not, we'll move it along again until we get a clear night. I won't give up. You know me. Mm -hmm. I've got a school as well. I'm teaching a school in the evening. I've got a birthday party. Don't usually do birthday parties. So if you're listening, don't inundate me. <laughs> I've done two in my time. And wow, they're a lot of work. <laughs> I can teach like a whole school full of children but a birthday party destroys me <laughs> so yeah there's a birthday party for a friend uh, Derek Pelling and his kid and you know if I can I'll help you out with birthday parties send you stuff for them to colour in and do because we have bits and bobs so I try and yeah I think that's it for this month I think I've got another event after that I've made contact with some people that can do our van the mobile oh, wow. observatory so there's these guys called Shred and Butter which is a bit strange but they, uh, they're they down in Surrey so that's my neck of the woods where I used to be so I'm going to have to have a little trip down there mm -hmm. and they, uh, we went to a charity breakfast morning sort of thing with that Persimmon Homes the guys who kindly got us the 50 gram yeah. and uh, yeah they've given us that money so we went along to say thank you you know to show you know grace and all that sort of thing because they've changed UK astronomy's life pretty much and mine and we met a lady there she has a learning bus and they kitted it all out. So by chatting to her, she gave us their contact details. I've given them a call and let them know what we want to do. And so hopefully, at the end of the month, 23rd, I think, I'm going to go down and meet them, show them some ideas, what sort of van we're going to go for, and they'll be able to help us. So they, they're really good guys. From what I heard, they, they're really down to earth, chilled out. So I'm hoping to go down and have a coffee and have a bit of a laugh with them and actually plan the mobile observatory. Yeah, so it's happening. I've got to go around loads of dealers now going, do you fancy sponsoring a charity? Do you fancy helping us with a van? Do you fancy... <laughs> and find if I can get a good deal for a van now. So, good fun. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com.
So, Ross, as always, it's fantastic getting you on the show for the first time this year. Yeah, lots more to come, hopefully, lots more. Yeah, there's a lot going on this year. Mm-hmm. More than I realised, to be honest with you. And it's going to be eventful, but fun at the same time. Yeah, I look forward to it. We have got another show coming out for January. I'm not 100% sure what it's going to be yet, but I have got some content ready for that in case we haven't got anything lined up so don't worry about that it'll be very very interesting with the content that i've actually got so once again i always have to say this and that is take care one and all thanks for listening and i'll speak to you again real soon well that about wraps it up for this episode of tgp nominal if you want to get in touch with us then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com if you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts you can do so via itunes the rss feed and also stitcher and tune in on demand radio And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event. 